Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron. And I'm your other host, Hamish. And today we are joined out, actually, from a, a nomination of Uslems. Yeah, she nominated you on her episode. Nyota, would you like to uh, introduce yourself? Hi, hello, everyone. My name is Nyota, I'm 23 years old, and I'm a soul pop artist based in London, originally from Congo and Belgium. And um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Wicked, we're glad to have you. How's, how's everyone's, uh, everyone's week been? Yeah, not too bad. I've just been working and working, trying to, you know, put as much music out there. So I'm just trying to fix all the uh, firm foundation of everything. So like I'm quite in the incubation stage. So the building the content, writing the music, filming videos and stuff. So it's quite intense, but slowly but surely getting there. Yeah. As you mentioned, music, uh, you're a music artist. You start like right from the beginning. When did you kind of start getting into music? Yeah, not a problem. Music has always been a part of my life since I was a little girl. My mum always put me in different types of activities and the ones that I enjoyed the most was mostly performing arts. So through primary to secondary school, I've always been involved in uh, creative um, organisations. Like back in Coventry, we have the Positive Youth Foundation, the Belgrade Theatre and the Imagineers as well, which I had a lot of fun in. So my brother and I decided to move down to London as well to pursue more of our music careers. We're both in a duo called EZDZD. So we make alternative R&B and soul music. Right now, we're currently in the process of creating our own individual sounds. But um, when we can, we always try to collaborate as much as possible. And yeah, I guess the rest is history. We're now in London working full time in hospitality, but also working independently in our own music yeah I, I never really I think when I was younger I I play a bit of guitar but like not I would never like say I play it play it it was kind of a my dad was into like music and playing instruments I think my dad actually learned how to play saxophone recently or he's learning uh, but I'm someone who kind of just if there was a song I liked I'll just YouTube how to play it and then like learn it I wouldn't actually like learn how to play like guitar from scratch I'll just learn how to play songs on guitar but then maybe that helped me like just learn guitar. I don't know. I think Mukoi also did the same thing as well. And then through that, he just started learning different types of chords. Yeah. And um, kind of like experimenting the chords. You don't, he doesn't know the notes or the actual like terms or names of the chords, but he can definitely compose on the guitar and the piano. So he basically what did what you did and then just went with it. <laughs> yeah. Do you play any instruments at all? I don't. I used to play the piano when I was very young, but when we moved to Coventry, I just stopped playing piano. I had a an amazing teacher called Tanya Nari. He's based in London. He taught all of my siblings. But yeah, ever since we moved to Coventry, it just kind of like died down. And I focused more on like acting and dancing and singing more than actually playing instruments. Moko did continue that though, but I just stayed on the other side. Yeah. Where were you before Coventry? I'm in London. We lived in West London. That was actually the first place we moved. So we were born in Belgium. Mm -hmm. Moved to London when I was three and just spent my whole primary school years in London. So when I left in year six, that's when we left London to head over to Coventry. Do you remember much of Belgium? I assume, assume not. Tiny, just a small amount. Only where we used to live, a few family members. I think it ends right there. You know, maybe yeah. if you were traveling as well, when we would go to like France and stuff like that. But I was only three, so it's only a few images. Yeah. And then moving to Lon London from Coventry, were you kind of like, did you mind that? No, our parents always taught us to kind of like be free birds and not feel like you need to be stuck in one place. To be honest, we weren't really enjoying London like that. We loved it, but. I felt like we wanted a, a bit of a change and we recently just moved into another place as well. So when our mom told us that we're going to move to Coventry, we were like, what? We just got here. But we were really excited of, you know, what was going to happen and how things eventually will be. So uh, for me, it was a bit exciting. It was actually exciting. For my younger siblings, it was like a 50-50. But I, we always knew eventually we would go back to London because it just made sense of what we wanted to do. Yeah. And what, what age are we talking about when you were kind of like getting really into like music and creating music? Properly 15, 14, 15. We're very heavily involved in the Positive Youth Foundation and that's where we really properly created 
our music. They gave us amazing studio time, facilities, opportunities to really grow and get to know more of ourselves and our music, especially with our brother, my brother as well, McCoy. So yeah, it just starts from there. It's been on and off when it comes to music, when we were in primary, secondary. Mm-hmm. After we left uh, secondary school, that's when we really decided to just focus on music and nothing else. Was it a point where you knew like, okay, yeah, I can, I can sing. Like I sound, I sound good. Not really, you know. I, I feel like when it comes to talents like this, it's almost like walking, you know. You just mm-hmm. always known how to walk or known how to talk. So it's just been a part of you. So I feel like it's always been in me. So it's never a thing of like, yeah, I can sing. Like, no, I feel like it's just, it's just normal to me, you know? Yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still waiting for that moment where I'm like, yeah, I can, I can <laughs> soon sing. come. Soon, soon, soon. soon. <laughs> so then like, so you're around like 15, 15, 16, you said. What was the first thing you did to like kind of, you know, actively get out there? Well, there's so many different ways that people can actually get into music and, and, you know, get into the industry in their own way. I decided to go in the independent route. I just felt like it just made a lot more sense to me. But the day that I actually was like, yeah, this music thing and nothing else was a weekend and it was a Sunday and I was going back to school on a Monday. And my mum always was interested in getting us involved in more homeschooling. And but we decided to go to uh, secondary school just to see how it was like. And then when I was in year 10, just one Sunday and I was like, mum, I really feel like this homeschooling thing can work for me, especially that I do want to become a musician. I just feel like it's just right, especially where for me, obviously education is hands down so important for me, but I felt like being at school and creating music was just really difficult. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to change that. And my mum has always been open to kind of change our lifestyle or change our routine in a way that we can still learn and also still create at the same time. Creativity is very important to my mum. So yeah, she always wanted us to learn not just only through schooling and education but also you know outside and so I told my mom like let's try this homeschooling thing and she said yeah and so (laughs) on a Monday morning I just never went back studied made music wrote a lot a a lot and a lot of songs and just continued from there so wait that was did you say year 10 yeah what's year 10 what what you'll be doing then is that GCSEs I think it's like the first year of GCSEs so this is when you're currently doing your mocks I believe Unless they've changed it, but that's where um, I decided from schooling, sorry, from actual public school to homeschooling. So homeschooling, so like who's, I don't really know much about homeschooling at all. I just know it's like you study at home, but like, so who's like teaching you? A lot of people have tutors and teachers that come to the house to teach them. We were self-taught and my mum taught us the lessons. You don't specifically have to do like the qualifications like GCSEs or A-levels and degrees. You're more than welcome to, but it's it's not necessary. And yeah, so like how we did it is we always just taught ourselves. We have so, We had so many resources and books and everything like that to just read and write and just continue our education. And we've done that for like what? three, four years. Did you like it? Like, how did you find the, the comparison? I loved it. I felt like it, it suited me so well. It helped me a lot as well, especially the fact that after we started becoming homeschooled, we were so busy. We were doing a lot of stuff, like I said, with Positive Youth Foundation, with the Belgrade, with Imagineers, like we were around like we were just going from sessions to rehearsals to lessons and so we were doing homeschooling from like nine till like one two and then get ready for our day because the, that's when usually a lot of the um, activities were starting it would be like from like three four five and sometimes it will finish around like what nine ten so we would literally have like an intense all day of just education in the morning and just training basically in the evening which helped a lot it taught us you know how to be on our feet for long hours 
and it also taught us time management obviously it's still not good but it's still something to learn about as well so yeah we were just heavily invested in performing arts as well and um, we were also invested in the tin music and arts as well they've helped us a lot in terms of learning about the music business and also just learning to network a lot more as well with different artists they had so many artists coming through around the world like Canada Germany just everywhere and learning the different types of music as well it's mainly like rock indie but like literally like I said so many different genres and so many people from around the world came through the venue and that's when we learned a lot so life was basically our teacher when we after when we started getting homeschooled what about like friends and stuff like school for me was a big a big part of that was literally yeah education also just like being around my friends and yeah friends we were actually good (laughs) my brother and I are very much extroverted people and like I said because we were involved in so many youth foundations and clubs there was kids in different types of ages different types of background that we got so so close with yeah that taught us a lot and obviously we taught them a lot as well and yeah we're still friends till this day so yeah when it comes to friends we're actually like really good like we love people we're definitely people persons so yeah, yeah we had a lot of friends yeah and I guess like I didn't have a kind of music career on the side that I was trying to get into so it was kind of like school was the only thing I had at the time it wasn't I guess you were doing a lot more things there's a lot more stuff to like keep you busy yes definitely a question for both of you would you like with your experience now would you homeschool your children yes definitely I'm always happy to give them a choice because obviously they're their own people I always want to try and teach my children to make their own smart choices. But I would definitely put homeschooling in the picture. It obviously depends on which route they would like to go career-wise. Because sometimes you do need school in order to get a degree or, you know, to get specific qualifications and the things that you would like to do. And sometimes you don't. So it really depends on what they would like to do. I'll, I'll just support them wherever I can. What about you, Hamish? To be honest, I've never really considered it. Yeah, say I'm kind of, yeah. I guess if they really didn't like school as much as I did, then sure. I'm like, I'm not against it, but it also depends on what I'm doing, I guess, and all what my partner would be doing, because currently it's looking like we'll be working full time anyway. So I don't know how the homeschooling would fit in with working. Would you back yourself to teach? So you forget about work, forget like your work. Would I back myself to teach? Yeah. Maybe certain subjects. Probably like maths and computing or something, but I don't know about other subjects necessarily. Yeah, I, I don't think I would. I think I would, uh, as in, I don't think I'd back myself to teach. Like, just because I feel like I forget, I've forgotten half of the stuff I learned in like GCSE maths and GCSE English and science and whatever. Definitely me too as well. <laughs> it's gone out the window. <laughs> Though if you have textbooks and stuff, I guess you could like follow along. I was going to say, where do you set the test? Do you still set the test in the same school year? As, as in you have to book it in with the school? No, you said you don't have to. Did you? Or did you? Oh, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. But if you would like to, yeah, you do book it in like your nearest centre or your nearest school. So you do it with everyone else. Or you do it with like a homeschooling group. Um, A lot of people do have like homeschooling groups as well. So if they don't do like, you know, extracurriculums, activities and stuff. Yeah, that's where um they go and socialise and have a community where everyone's just connecting with one another and just booking when they can. See, I, I thought here in this country, school was compulsory for under 16s. And then how would they know you're being homeschooled? Like, because you could technically just like not do anything during the day. Yeah, I mean, there is a system. They, they still know that you're homeschooled. You just have to sign up for it. It's just not pushed forward as much like that. My mom did a lot of research before bringing us the idea of being homeschooled so like that you know we won't get in trouble or anything like that but there is like a like a homeschooling um department in the UK that not a lot of people know about but it's definitely around I think it's more popular in London than small places like you know the West Midlands and stuff or Coventry to be honest you could just get a tutor right to come to your house and teach them I guess that solves the issue yeah yeah it's the best way (laughs) one of the best ways if it's something like that's something I would like to do. Just get a tutor to just come in. Was your mum a good teacher? My mum was a great teacher. My mum was a really great teacher. Fun fact, before we, because we were quite young 
when we moved to the UK. But before we um, started going to school in English school, my mum already taught us, you know, English, maths and science. And so when we arrived, um, the teachers were really surprised of how advanced we were. So yeah, my mum always had this thing of like teaching. Yeah, but my mum is an, an amazing teacher. She's great. Not just with like, you know, academics, but just as a mum, like in general, she's, yeah, awesome. she's an amazing teacher. That's nice. That's lovely. But yeah, on the, on the going back on to like the music stuff, as you mentioned, like your days seem like pretty busy from like, for like a, a 15 year old back then, like mm-hmm. being homeschooled, then going to all these like events and courses and clubs and stuff. I saw on the, on like, what was it called? The artist sheet you sent us? Yes. Beforehand that you started off like performing with your brother and you two were in a band. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of, so you, I assume like you're both like talented, both musically talented. Was that just like an easy way to like, kind of like get into it? Just having someone there with you? Yeah. I mean, fun story. We were part of the PYF Changing Tracks. So every week um, they've given us, we actually met our very first mentor, Lana Andrews, who was giving us um, singing lessons every week. And we were training to perform at the open mics that the Tin Music and Arts were holding once a month for the youth. And I didn't want to use backing tracks anymore. I felt like it was just always letting me down. There was always technical difficulty. So I was like, that's it. Instruments. <laughs> and my mental Lana was like, why don't you ask McCoy to play guitar for you? And I was like, okay, McCoy, do you want to do it? He was like, yeah, sure. McCoy was very new at playing guitar, but he taught himself when we formed the duo together he was still quite new playing guitar but you know we we made it work we just practiced every day and we went to different open mics as well to train and I think it just made sense of the way that we worked together it was very natural very honest we always try to make our ideas greater and better in a way you know, we we never settled for less. We always try to exceed our expectations when it comes to like the technique and the harmonies and, you know, the chords that McCoy used. We just find that very important because, you know, at the beginning it was just our voices and the guitar. And then, um, you know, a couple of years forward, we decided to really, you know, take it forward and, you know, get an EP out, form our EP launch. And that gave us an opportunity to perform at the Godiva Festival that same year as well. So yeah, the rest is history, I guess. When you started out, did you ever think about a lot of people, you know, go on YouTube and like sing covers and perform covers of songs and stuff like that? Was that ever something you did or considered doing? Definitely considered. I wasn't really a big fan of it, but I knew that was a a great way to put ourselves out there. The reason being is that I prefer more well when I was younger I prefer more natural like original way of performing and yeah and yeah performing and you know showing people our talents now nowadays I feel like it's a great idea to just get the exposure and also be creative in different ways as well but yeah it it's always been a thing but I guess it was also the fear of just strictly sticking to become like a YouTube artist or an Instagram artist and not just an artist you know yeah so yeah. Who are some like artists that kind of you grew up listening to? A lot of Michael Jackson, the Jackson Fives, Michael Jackson, Dinah Ross, Marvin Gaye. It's like old soul kind of music. Very, very much old song. Like my dad used to play a lot of Smooth FM when he was okay, around. Yeah. So we legit know all of the songs from there. <laughs> but yeah, and then also, you know, current artists as well like Ariana Grande when she released her her song The Way I was in year eight so basically you know I just grew up from you know with her music almost with her as well when I heard her it was on the radio I believe it was like on Capital or like Capital Extra and I was like this sounds like a Mariah Carey sound but I know it's not Mariah Carey and so I went on the internet and found out who she was and then that's when we got introduced to her shows like Victorious and yeah. Salmon Cat as well. So my my siblings and I only knew her as an artist and later on found out that she was an actress as well. And she um, studied at Broadway and everything like that. So I feel like it really depends on what your parents listen to. That's how you know these artists. Because there'll be days where 
I'm playing, you know, songs from even like French old artists. And my uncles and aunties are like, how do you know this artist? And I'm just pointing at my mum like, it's her doing. I, <laughs> she d- I don't think this on. is the same for Hamish. But, um, <laughs> yeah, this is a very, very different. It was very different situations growing up. But yeah, obviously when I found the sound that I started listening to, it was mainly, it started with like a bit of British and a bit of like Drake and 50 Cent. So, and then that just built it. But I didn't obviously have the stuff like you lot did at the time. So obviously, I only discovered some of that stuff at unis. I do, in fairness, have like a couple of Marvin Gaye songs on my playlist, but it's not like I go out my way to listen to them, you know? There's always other stuff that ends up there first. I, I'm, I'm just imagining your mum like listening to like Skepta and stuff like that right now. Which yeah. <laughs> is funny. I don't think they'd endorse half the things that are said by Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> so my, my mum probably the same, to be fair. If they understood it, that is. But no, Wicked. Um, I also saw like the record label that you're, you're attached to is your own right it is yes like how like to me like obviously i don't i don't know much about in detail about the industry like how 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 do you start your own record label and why as well so the reason why i wanted to start my own record label is um i believe that it's really important for me to have you know my own creative control when it comes to my music and my brand Mm -hmm. i find that very important And I also wanted to learn not just be an artist, but also be a student when it comes to the music industry and also, um, you know, the music business as well. And I would like to create something which is, you know, much more bigger than me that I can leave behind for someone else to grow as well. I'm a student, like I'm a student in life when it comes to just things in general. It doesn't even have to be music and it can just be literally anything. So if I put my... If I'm interested in something, then I'll definitely put my all into it. And forming a record label, I feel like it's very important to me. And yeah, I guess just have fun with it. And you don't see that a lot as well in the UK, maybe more in in the USA. But slowly and surely, there's loads more independent record labels building up. But yeah, I guess I would like to build something definitely to leave behind. And but the firm foundation is creative control. It is so important. <laughs> it's very, very important. What, was, what does it allow you to do that going on like an established record label doesn't? Is it literally like stuff like this? Yeah, like you can literally do whatever you want because you're technically speaking, you're your own boss or you basically like work for the record label. Because I'm the CEO, I just do whatever I want. Everything comes from my pocket, from my hard work. So, and it's easier for me as well to form a team and put it underneath there as well. I guess it makes you look a lot more professional as well. A lot more, you're taken seriously a lot more as well. And yeah, it shows that you know your stuff as well. Not just how to write songs and put songs out there, but know how to, you know, market a song, how to promote a song, how to um, network with people, you know, because it's a business at the end of the day, even though it's something creative, it's still a business. So yeah, literally anyone can form a record label if they really wanted to. All they need to do is just have, you know, have the research and invest a good amount of coins in it. But yeah, that's why. Is the idea to have like other artists like join the record label mm-hmm. and have other artists under, I don't want to say control, but like you would as a record label. Look guess, after them. Yeah, you look after them. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely when I've reached a specific place in my career. Mm-hmm. It's something that I would be open to. But right now I'm just growing as an individual artist. Yeah, awesome. The individual stuff as well. We've mentioned like performing with your brother. Was that like just a natural thing to like go your own way? Or was that like a hard kind of, I don't know if it's harder because it's like your brother and there's family involved and stuff like that. It was a, it was a really difficult thing because it's not like we've split up. It's more of like we're going, you know, we're going to see what else is out there for ourselves. What's so cool about it is that, you know, whenever we're ready, I don't think we'll just talk about it. We just need to, you know, just form again, you know, and create music. But it's not like he's doing his thing strictly and I'm doing my thing strictly. We always try and get ourselves involved in different projects. For example, Mokoi just released his song around Valentine's, Valentine's era in the beginning of the year called Melon Queen. I had the opportunity to choreograph um, the dance for the music video, which is really fun. And um, he's also doing, you know, a few vocals on my future projects as well. 
So we always try and get ourselves involved. Um, I think it just makes sense anyways, you know, because um, the firm, the foundation of actually creating music is collaboration as well. So and I, f- I feel like we have the same ideas, the same mindset when it comes to making music. Awesome. Should we listen to a few of your songs? Yes, of course. Come and Get It was my first official single. That was the first one. Okay, let's... Uh... <laughs> okay, so this is uh, Come and Get It. What year was this? May, you know? Um, fade <laughs> that was a nice fade <laughs> do you enjoy like even like something like this do you enjoy listening back to your own music yeah i do all the time sometimes i do it just for just to enjoy the songs mm. or sometimes i do it just to take notes as well so yeah i guess a bit of both i don't feel in any type of way i feel like a lot of people feel some type of way when they like you know listen back to each other however I find it very difficult to look at myself back performing okay. or like talking in videos and stuff. But when it comes to my music, it's something that I'm most comfortable in doing. So. Yeah. So that was a uh, come and get it. What's kind of the, the idea behind the song? This song is more of a, a flirty, like soul pop banger. It's more being confident in, you know, getting to know a person or shooting your shot. I feel like, Women sometimes can be a bit shy when it comes to, you know, taking the first steps in to getting to know a person, getting to know a guy, whatever the situation is. So I feel like this is more of a confident song for us women, like, come and get it. Like, if you like what you see, come and get it. <laughs> so I'm assuming, do you like write all your songs and the beats as well and like the, the background music? A lot of my production, when it comes to like the music production is through other producers and other artists. Mm-hmm. Um, with Come and Get It, Banks was the producer of the song and then it was actually the very first song we actually collaborated on together. And he's such an amazing producer. He's so sick. And so when he introduced me to this beat, I was thinking to myself like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with this? Because this is like a completely new different sound to compare of what I usually do with you know my brother and also... Um, you know, what I write in general. But yeah, I wrote the song myself. I sent it to him. He loved it. And when we met up one day and recorded it together at the Roundhouse and the rest became history. How, um, so this was your first solo single, did you say? Yes, technically speaking, I had a previous one that I only released on SoundCloud called Husband, sampled by Isaiah Rashad and Gold Links Untitled. But yeah, Come and Get It, Technically Speaking, is my first single, which was on all pla- streaming platforms. Were you nervous to like release it or anything? Was you quite like... Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm always nervous when it comes to releasing my own stuff. I'm always biting my nails, looking at the laptop, stressing out. Like it's a whole session of just me my and my anxiety just going... Zoop. But once I release it and people listen to it, I always get, you know, good critiques a lot of people supporting, which I'm always grateful for. So at the end, I'm like, okay, I didn't need to do all that. But still, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the process continues, you know, I feel like it's, you know, because you care about it so much and you're so passionate about it. That's the only thing you can do sometimes, just kind of panic, but still go with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's go on to your next one. I can't wait. Okay, let's let's go with that. Sounds like I can't wait. If I'm right, that was a year after Come and Get It on an EP. Almost. It was like 
maybe like six months in between. Okay. So I released I Can't Wait around Valentine's Day as well. But it was like the first single from the LP 21 and Lost. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, I was just looking when we were playing, I was looking at the uh, artwork. That was really nice. Thank you. Really cool. 21 and Lost, I'm assuming that's because you turned 21 at the time? Yeah. And I wrote all these songs when I was 21 as well. Yeah, 21 and Lost was a uh, project that I wrote when I was 21, of course. It was definitely a a different road for me because, you know, when, when you move to London by yourself, you don't really know what to do or where you're going. You're literally like, okay, I do want to do this music, but how am I going to do this music? And obviously life hits at the same time as well. So you're going through all of these emotions and the only thing that you can do is just write about your experiences. So I feel like when it comes to the uh, project, it was really important for me to create different sounds and talk about different subjects because, you know, when you're young, you, you still don't know what to do or where to go. You just know that you want to do something and you have all like these different ideas and stuff. So I felt like it was really important for me to, you know, bring that into the, to the LP. And I can't wait specifically. What's, what's, the, what's that song about? Yeah, so I Can't Wait is produced by Kente Kwame and Elijah, which are amazing, amazing musicians. I Can't Wait is basically a song about, you know, taking your power back after being in a relationship where it was quite neglected. You know, you would give your all, but you're not receiving it back. And so instead of about, you know, instead of being mad about it, you just end things and, you know, you obviously you mourn a bit. But you pick yourself up and you make your way, you continue growing, you're not letting that stop you from, you know, finding love one day or just being in love with yourself more. Yeah, nice. Hamish, if you were making an EP, what, what would you call it? I, I don't even know. I was thinking like, whilst you were saying, I was like, what, what would I call it? Oh wait, actually, there was a thing like, so the first song that I would ever do, if I was to ever do this, would be with a, like the, you know, the... I don't know you I don't think you would know, but there's a song called Wait Till I Finish on one of on M Huncher's like debut album, Mr. Lost Song. Um I would I would like sample that and make that the first song of it. And then just not like a cover, but like you know when you like sample it and then you do your own thing on it, but still reference the track. Like that's what that's what the first song would be for sure. It would be like Wait Till I Finish. And but it was his last song. Yeah. It wasn't the ending of his thing, do you know what I mean? Like he was just saying, Yeah, wait till I, I think finish. it makes sense as like a first song though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so like Mine would just be like a kind of like a reference to that initially. And then that's really cool. I was actually listening to, I was watching like some YouTubers react, like do an album reaction, like listening to an album and then like reacting to it. Like I quite like watching that kind of stuff. I don't know why, especially like Americans reacting to UK ones. But anyway, they were talking about like when they're going through the album, they were talking like, oh no, this one should be in this position. This one should have been last. This one should have been there. Do you like think about that when you were kind of, even like releasing an EP, like the order of songs, because that's not something that I really care about. Like just listening, I don't really like consider. I don't really listen to albums like that. But yeah, it was weird when I was saying that. I was like, does it make that much of a difference? Yeah, in a way, definitely. When I created 21 and Lost, I was trying to create it in a way where it made sense. And it also made sense for the audience as well when it comes to kind of like sound sound wise but yeah I do that all the time I love arranging tracks when it comes to you know creating projects I feel that it's important because it's also a story that you're telling as well so you want to make sure that the story does make sense mm -hmm. it's a journey as well yeah it's a whole project projects have beginning middles and ends. So. what I was thinking was like I tried to listen to it in the order they give it because they probably meant something because you you don't really listen to an album to put it on shuffle. So I'm going to give a few examples here. Yeah. So like one of the best albums through and through that I can listen to every song because it's also like the ending of the each beat is connected to the, it starts beginning the next beat. Like this isn't like Spotify fade before you think I'm like stupid or something. Like if you listen to Birds in the Trap by, by Travis Scott, you'll see that every song starts to basically the beat or a little part of the beat for the next song already. And it flows through as an album, like so great. And also the order, like, as I said, like the order depends on the message you're trying to say. So like, I'd hope they had an order and I try to understand what they're saying. And the reason why I say that is because I'm going to use M. Honcho as an example again. So M. Honcho's album, one second, let me just find it. He has this thing where in his last two albums, 
So Utopia, the order of his songs, yeah, kind of relates into the order of his songs in his um, Hanjalina the first. So in Utopia, yeah, for example, the fourth song was called Birds. Um, and it was basically saying like how, it, how it's like a bird kind of evolving and so on in reference, essentially. And then in this, um, you know, later album, Hanjalini the first, the fourth song was called Eagles, showing the evolution of not only his music and so on, but like it was a really good reference. Uh, is every song like that? Or is it just that? Ex- I, the I assume the there's some other message, but that's one, that one. So that one and the third song, I know it's definitely like related in some way. I assume the others have some connection. So like the third one on Utopia was Tranquility, which was one of the, one of the bigger t- tracks that he had. And the third one on Honcholini the first was Honcho for Mayo. And once again, that was one of the bigger songs that he had. So it seems like they're specifically placed in a way and those specific songs, if you kind of reference it, through his albums, you'll notice that those are some of his best performing songs. Yeah, I tend, when there's a new album, I do like listen to it in order. But that's only because if I stop listening at some point, I know that I've played this these songs and I can go back <laughs> to like a certain point and resume. It was on shuffle, I forget like which, uh, which ones I've listened to, which ones I've not. Yeah, which is probably, probably the wrong way. Yeah, I feel like for many artists, it should be ideally in order. Like Dave, Psychodrama, We're Alone in This Together. A bunch of Drake stuff as well as like also all just moves in a certain order. And I think it's meant to be listened to in that order. If you make an album just to have it on shuffle, I don't know. I feel like it has to go somewhere in a certain way, whether it's segments, beginning, middle, end, or whether it's meant to be like, I think AJ Tracy's recent one was split into, it was called like flu game. And do you know how basketball has four quarters? He had split it into four quarters. Oh, he, he's wearing like so a basketball shirt parts. and a cover as well, didn't he? Yeah, so Flu Game, I think there's exactly 12 songs. One second, let me check. So Flu Game, oh, 16 songs, yeah. I feel like you can definitely put it on shuffle once you know the songs properly, you know. You know the album and you just kind of like want to listen to it to listen to it. But if it's like the very first time that you have listened to the album, then yeah, I feel like it's really important to just listen to it of how the artist kind of organized it in a specific way so let's let's play the last song we're gonna play play for you guys today and this is also another uh, song from the ep 21 and lost this one is called dangerous love and in brackets say my name So that was Dangerous Love. Say, do you say it like Dangerous Love, Say My Name, or Dangerous Love, bracket, Say My Name? Or is it just doesn't matter? Yeah, you know what? I was actually struggling if I wanted it to be named Say My Name or Dangerous Love. At first it was Dangerous Love, but I loved the idea that the song was called Say My Name because it's like the very first, sorry, the very last hook of the song after it ends. A bit like, I'm not, I'm not sure if you know this artist called Stromae. He has a song called Tous Les Mêmes. And that's basically like the end hook, like the end of the, and that's the song that, sorry, that's the um, hook that ends the song. So I wanted a bit something like that. So Tous Les Mêmes, by the way, it means, you know, everyone's the same. Everyone's the same in French. So Okay, cool. Do you, do you like put yourself, if someone said like, what genre do you belong in? Um, definitely R&B and soul yeah definitely R&B and soul but I would like to kind of make my own make it called soul pop because I have a soulful sound with you know just so I have a soulful voice with the popular sounds so yeah. yeah are there artists that you'd like necessarily compare yourself with not really compare but definitely like similarities inspired or yeah in the same box maybe definitely Georgia Smith Chloe and Halley and maybe one more there's a really cool artist called cat burns that i'm in love with she's so cool so somewhere along the lines of that awesome and we haven't actually like spoken about that song in particular dangerous love like what what is kind of the what's the idea behind that one dangerous love is more of a heartbreak song it's about someone who is not being really honest with you says something but does something completely different and the situation goes back to his past love and kind of like leaves you hanging. Mm-hmm. 
So the song is about just how you feel and what the outcomes are in terms of, you know, being that, in that position. Yeah. Not just broken hearted, but annoyed now. It's like, you know, you thought that something was there. Then you turn around, you realize that something is completely different to what the person has told you. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you are, but I'm watching Love Island at the moment. Uh, so there's, oh my there's, God, don't get me there's a lot of drama <laughs> at the moment. There's a lot, a lot of dangerous love. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we've, we've listened to uh, three of your tracks. So, hopefully, people listening can like are interested and are, like want to hear want to hear some more where can where can people find you and you and your music yeah so nyotozadi.com has all the information there for yourselves when i'm performing the latest songs latest music you're more than welcome to also follow me on instagram as well that's why i just post all my day-to-day stuff just nyotozadi so n-y-o-t-a-a-i-z-e-i-d-i awesome performing you mentioned there how's that like especially last year with lockdown and everything are you looking to like perform at any gigs coming up and events yeah i have one gig coming up called the sounds of cov live i'm performing on this 7th of august in coventry which is great because i haven't been in a coventry in a hot while and i definitely need to go back so i'm happy that this opportunity has been given to me and Hopefully after that performance, it will give me more chance to be booked um, in other performances as well. As well. Obviously it is the summertime, it's the summer season. So from here to like around November, December-ish, that's when a lot of artists are out performing. But yeah, my performance in Cov on the 7th of August is my very first one this year. Wicked. Um, I think this episode might be out after that, but hope I hope it goes well. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Yeah, move, moving on a bit, just before we like kind of wrap up the episode, I feel there was something Hamish brought up a little while ago. I don't know if you know much about this, Nyota. I, I don't really have a clue. And that's, that's in regards to like Pop Smoke and his album. I, I don't really have a clue. So uh, Hamish or Nyota, do you want to like explain? <laughs> the long story short is basically, so if you don't know, Pop Smoke died a while back already. And he had his album basically released for him by produced by, you know, 50 Cent. So basically friends and family to ensure that, you know, like his legacy was done. And that, that was called Shoot for the Stars, I believe. And yeah, that album banged. I'm pretty sure if you hadn't heard of one song from that album, I think you're missing out anyways. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone would have heard at least one song, even if they weren't a pop song fan and so on. And then just recently this year, or at this point, I think like a month ago now, they released an album called Faith by Pop Smoke. And they didn't basically communicate with his friends or family that this was happening. Um, and it just dropped. Like, I believe it was on his birthday that it dropped. And it was an album that had like 20 features on it or so on. And I think a Dulux, Dulux, I don't know how you can say that. Yeah, so that's coming soon, I believe. But basically, this album, they just took whatever was left of Pop Smoke's vocals and they kind of just stuffed it into an album and put features on it. I wouldn't say a lot of the music is even good. It kind of just ruins his like name of anything. The label literally did it for the money whilst it's doing well in the charts. Because obviously it was designed for like charts. So the label did it. Yeah, the label did this without like friends or family knowing. Because when, when this released, yeah, like I saw it. How did I see it? It came recommended on Spotify. I think, you know, when you open Spotify and it tells you Pop Smoke dropped an album. And you're like, I didn't see 50 Cent or anyone tweeting about this. So like, because you know, like you'd know if like, I don't think like anyone would have kind of let that happen. Or if they did, it wouldn't have been of this quality. Because this is, I won't like the quality is poor. It's not like a Pop Smoke. There's some... Some death or some bangers in there. I don't know. I think would like one of them, which is like a Soul Sick by Neo sample. But yeah, I went to Twitter to check as well after because I was like quite confused. I was like, what's going on? And Twitter, you could see obviously had the same issue where it's like, why the fuck did they do something? Just it's literally just for money. Like, I don't know if they can even justify releasing something on its behalf like that. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Another. To me, there's, there's a lot of artists who have been in a specific position. I think I believe that Mac Miller, but I feel like it was just so much better. But also, like I said, my family was like huge Michael Jackson fans. So after they released an album without Michael Jackson being in it, I did not know how I felt about it simply because I believe that the artist should definitely be there when it comes to creating music. Unless they have like the get go of like, okay, these are the projects just in case I pass on. I'm happy for you guys to put it out there. Then yeah. But if it's a thing of like, it's, not finished works and not finished projects 
I it's a it's a no for me. And he was so young as well when he passed on. So I knew so I know the type of artist he is. I don't think it's something that he would agree on. And something that, you know, when you're not when you don't have finished work and it's just been put out there, you definitely feel some type of way about it. Especially that his family and friends didn't know about it as well. Definitely a thing of, you know, the record labels doing. It's just written all over it. I think it's just very sad, you know, because it just takes the music out of it because it's not really about the music anymore. It's something completely different. It's about the money. But I hope it's not a thing that we see more often. I'm actually really even surprised that a Pop Smoke album, that's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm even surprised that an album has come out as well. I didn't even know about this. No one did. Yeah. It just came out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a fan, but I've listened to a couple of his songs and they're so sick. Like, you're not going to listen to a Pop Smoke album and feel some type of way about it. You are going to bounce. You are going to, like, you know, sing along and stuff. So I know already, like, you know, with the songs that's already been put out there, like, he's a sick artist. And especially if, like, artists like Nicki Minaj is working, was working with him as well. Like, you know, that's something that's a huge thing. So, yeah, I'm just praying that it's not going to be a regular thing of like every time, you know, we have a deceased artist, we just whack out their songs, which are not even finished because um, music means so much more than just putting it out there. You know, it's supposed to move people. And yeah, I fully disagree with it, but hopefully it's not a thing that we see all the time. But yeah, so many artists have been in the same position as well. Yeah, for slight clarity as well. So Pop Smoke died on February 19th of 2020. He was At that time, he was working on the album called Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. And that one was basically finished off by 50 Cent using basically his own funds. He did it for like non-profit. He literally, you know, finished it off for Pop Smoke because he was already working with him at the time, I believe. And this one, I don't even think it was about unfinished music because Shoot for the Stars was the unfinished one. I think they just literally had like leftover, like, you know, studio sessions or some shit and just put it into there because... Whilst Pop Smoke, as I said, like we'll always love like Pop Smoke music, but this doesn't sound like I don't think Pop Smoke would ever put an album out with twenty features. And if you look at the feature list, I don't think it would have a feature list of the people that were on there. It's it's quite because isn't if the music was unfinished, surely that he it means like he necessarily didn't like it or he thought it wasn't good enough to kind of release. No. So the unfinished one was part of Shoot for the Stars, right? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was part of Shoot for the Stars, right? It well, not the unfinished, but I mean like the, the recordings just from studios yeah. and the stuff like they more or less binned. Like they weren't going to release it. But then the record label ended up releasing it. Definitely a bit of both. It really depends on like the session and what they do. Because um, I know a lot of songs which are completed, sometimes they don't, are not like, you know, song listed in the albums. And then some of them is just like, you start a song and you just want to go back to it, but sometimes you just never go back to it. So it's definitely a bit of both. I think does the, so the family, I think the biggest thing for me was that the family didn't know. Are they like getting any money on this? I have no idea. I assume not. Okay. I don't think so either. Yeah. Also, well, basically I was going to say like, after the episode, Aaron, you should, you should listen to both albums and you know, and you'll know just because. I mean, I know you don't listen to pop song, but you'll probably like a few songs. Oh, you're there, saying but... like I'd be able to tell a difference between like the quality. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be a pop smoke fan to know like it doesn't sound like there's a type of like evolution I think you can hear in artists. Mm-hmm. And then there's a the thing that you can see that the artist had no control over. Yeah, yeah. Who are some of the features in the new one? The main one people talk about is Dua Lipa, Chris Brown. <gasps> Dua Lipa? Um, right. Yeah. Would that's you why want it... to feature? I don't know if I would, how I'd feel about like, being asked to feature on a track with someone who's dead. I don't know how I would... I think uh, the label to kind of took care of it. I don't... I heard that she also collaborated with the baby as well, which was like, wait, what? He, I think he did like a remix to Levitated. There was drama around the the baby thing, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> there was recently. But yeah, I, I guess it's just definitely like a business thing. You know, sometimes you um, artists collaborate with other artists specifically because of business and... I feel like with Pop Smoke, he seems like he was very picky and collaborations were very important to him. That's why he only picked specific artists. So when I had like nothing, you know, nothing bad with, you know, collaborating with Dewey Lipa, but I don't think if he was alive today, I don't think he would collaborate with just, you know, any artists, yeah. you know. 
And one big thing to note, I think, is that he endorsed a lot of the UK music himself. Like he, like you know, got a bit of his sound from that. And he loved working with UK artists. So like he was meant to have a track with AJ Tracy and so on, for example. And like to see like no UK artists, because especially when he was performing the pre-show for Skepta and so on, like to think that he wouldn't have maybe at least had one UK artist would be quite disrespectful. Or if the UK artists were approached, maybe they declined. Should I also give a list of all the features that were on this uh, album? Yeah, go on. All right, so Kanye West, Pusha T, Rick Ross, The Dream, 42 Doug, 21 Savage, Ross. Wait, Lewis, isn't, isn't a, Travis. does 21 Savage count as a UK artist? Is that, is that the, is that the, <laughs> New the it's up for debate, it's up for debate. <laughs> Travi, Beam, Busy Banks, Takeoff, Lil TJ and Swaley, Future, Chris Brown, Dua Lipa, Pharrell, Kid Cutie. Quavo, Kodak Black. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of big names. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the thing. That's how you know it's just purely label, bread. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you listened to the album, Faith? I have, yeah. And when you listen to it, do you see it more as like a tribute album mm. or just a song, just a, a, an album full of question marks? If that makes sense. It's a lot of question marks because when I listen to Shoot for the Stars, I can hear the tribute, you know? I can hear the like proper tribute based on what pop smoke would say on interviews and so on i can't properly hear that in as i said a couple of songs i could you know the one with chris brown i think that's something like a pop smoke would have probably been working on if that makes sense because that one had a soul sick sample and he loved doing like sample references to a lot of people so like he had obviously a few to 50 cent when he was getting mentored by him as well so like i could understand like he would have had that soul sick sample with that chris brown maybe whether or not chris brown would have been on it is a different story but when you listen to like Shoot for the Stars, you know that's the tri- tribute album. That's like finishing the Pop Smoke sound. But Faith is just, I just, I just can't, you know, I just can't listen to it the same. So do you prefer to listen to Shoot for the Stars? Something that's a a project that you're happy yeah, with? every day of the week. Yeah. I remember Michael Jackson, uh, like speaking of him, he was it, he released a song with uh, Justin Timberlake. Well, not he didn't, but he was dead at the time. But then the, what was it? Love Never Felt So Good. I think it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. With uh, Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, but I quite liked it to be honest. I remember thinking at the time, like, "Oh, this is this is a bit weird." Like, he died, and now he's like got a new song out. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess there's there must be like contract stuff that you know he signed a contract, and it must have been like you know you get my I don't know what it's called royalties or I don't know, like naming rights and all that kind of stuff for X amount of years after I've died or something. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely something to do with money. You know, usually when you do sign a contract, there's a specific amount that the label gives you and you have to give them back in returns when it comes to, you know, the royalties of the songs. I feel like because sadly, Pop Smoke passed on so early. I'm not too sure if that's the right information, but that's something that I'm guessing. Is And I feel like that's one of the reasons why they put out something out like that and put like loads of features in it is because maybe, you know, money was still meant to be made in order to cover everything but still i just feel like it's just not a good excuse and i feel like that's why so many artists are are being independent because they don't want to be in specific situations like these because at the end of the day sometimes it depends obviously on what record label that you are but sometimes they look after you properly and sometimes they just sign you just for the money and nothing else yeah, I was going to say, like, if they're going to do something like that, like a reference track or a feature track, respect kind of track, I'd rather them they'd have the, an artist sample the old track or whatever they want to sample and then use some version of the voice properly. So I don't know if you heard the song Don't Think They Know by Chris Brown featuring Aaliyah and Aaliyah who had passed away a while back. So I think that's a better example of like doing respect and like a, do you know what I mean? Like a reference track than doing something like this. There's also another artist as well called uh, Selena who passed away yeah. in 1995. She was, you know, making music for the Latino audience and then finally did a crossover album, completed it, but sadly passed on. But that project was finished and ready to, yeah, to drop. So that was more of like a attribution, sorry, a, um, a tribute um, album. So situations like these, I feel like it's, we can accept more and i completely agree with you with the um the drake uh, sorry the chris brown song with Aaliyah as well i definitely feel like it's more of a uh, a tribute song there was also another Aaliyah song as well with drake and um 
he also did another one as well, but with them with them Michael Jackson as well. Yeah, I feel like there's so many artists which do that, and I feel like it's amazing. But I don't know. Sometimes I do feel fifty fifty about it because it's like if the artist was alive, how maybe would have been so much bigger and better. And then going back to um, Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake, "Love Never Felt So Good." I believe that song was originally made around like the early 1980s. So I believe around when Off the Wall was either currently being made or released. So I feel like it's a song that Michael Jackson actually did not really want out. But because it's such an amazing song and, you know, a couple of years later, Justin Timberlake, I'm pretty sure heard it and, and loved it and wanted to do something with it. Put it out. I'm happy with that song. But I feel like with the rest of the other songs, I'm not too sure about it. Hollywood as well is an amazing song by Michael Jackson as well. But I try not to listen to the songs that was released after his passing. I prefer just to stick with the songs that, you know, he created like, you know, from from child to 50, like the Invincible album, amazing album. But yeah, that's my two cents to, you know, albums after deceased. It's so funny you mentioned Selena because... Earlier on in the episode, I was literally going to bring her up because when we were talking about like you working or working, like performing with your brother and um, I recently watched Selena, the series on Netflix and her like her thing was like so heavily, her family was so heavily involved in it and like her siblings like learned to play instruments so they could perform with her. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like a really nice thing in, in her kind of career, like being so close to family mm-hmm. constantly. But then also towards the end, going her own way because to grow, I guess. Yeah, but always they're always kind of there as well. But yeah, any any um last last things on that before we uh we wrap up? Yeah, I was gonna say if it's ever gonna be done, it has to be morally and musically correct. Those are like two things that have to be done. If I if I always part it passes, you have to make sure that morally in terms of like you know like the friends and family like kind of get a stamp of approval for it. Well, good. Like I think previously Drake received controversy and some other people received controversy for like when Aaliyah passed they were going to release an album produced by them and then the the mom and mom said no and obviously social media said no so they instantly stopped it obviously over backlash but obviously when the when the mom said no they were like no they're not going to release out all so see like that's like morally correct that's like the correct choice to make here because if the if the family don't want it out don't do it maybe in the future they would but if they're not going to want it out don't do it and don't make it musically sound off because in this case, like none of like I would say Pop Smokes, you know, normal producers would have been there to give it the AOK or, you know, so on. So like it has to be both morally and musically correct. I think it's just one of those things, like if I died, I would just want to listen to it. Like before I was like, yeah, release it. And I can't because I'm dead. So just the safe thing is just not to <laughs> release it. No, I'd want to have something like, you know how Mac Miller and the first the Pop Smoke album prior to this are like finish my work but make sure the people who would have known that I would have put something out like this they give the stamp of approval or they've had enough in the process where you don't take away from what that person kind of stood for if that makes sense. I agree I feel like it's so important especially because they're the ones who know you a lot as well. I believe with Pop Smoke his closest friends didn't even know and he was also working with a producer as well in the UK no one knew about it they only found out when, you know, the song got released. And it's so sad that people who are involved in his life ha- had nothing to do with the music that just came out. Hopefully it's something that we all learn in the future of definitely, you know, creating a contract where yeah. if we do pass on, God forbid, that, you know, everything is in line and everything is in order in terms of music and nothing, not just anything and everything is just whacked out. In, on Spotify simply because of you know business and stuff like that because when when you pass on you leave music behind it's something that people remember you by and it's something that we only have of that person so yeah hopefully it's a lesson learned for other artists as well but yeah definitely family and friends ask them if they say no it's a no and call it a day <laughs> no it's no buts yeah so good examples are, I guess shoot with the stars and the Mac Miller one, I forgot the name. Was it self-care or was it a different one? Basically, that one is a good example of like the, the final way to end it. Oh, it's called Circles. Yeah, Circles. Yeah, so that I think that's a good way to 
end off like morally and musically correct. Yeah, that's that's it for me. I think just 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 release an album like called Best Hits or something. You know, that's what they used to do. Oh yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I can just leave but I feel like when it comes to like greatest hits, I feel like you have to have a specific. I don't know. This is just my opinion, but I feel like you need a specific like time. For example, an artist like Beyonce, she's been yeah. in the music industry for like twenty two like years. Songs across albums, I think, like lots. Yes. You know, which actually have projects after projects, like a, a whole discography for those years where you, you you hear the growth, you know. So, yeah. But yeah, awesome. Coming up to uh, to up the end of the episode. And what we do, Niotto, is like round it off with like some final questions, call out, and then a shout out. So if we start off with the final questions, our first one for you is, what is one piece of advice you would give to a younger you? The one piece of advice I would give my younger self is not to think too much, just do, not to be afraid of failing. If it flops, then that's a good thing because you're learning a lot more and always ask for help. Young Ganyata was like such a stubborn person, always wanted to do everything by herself. My mom next names me, Mrs. I can do everything by myself. So yeah, never be afraid to ask for help and ask questions. The next question is, what's next for you? Definitely creating more music, more shows, more performances around. And I can't speak too much about it, but definitely a, a project will be coming soon. So definitely keep on the lookout. Yeah, watch your space. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll share it out whenever, whenever it's released too on our, on our, on our social Amazing. media. Last and final question. So this is a question we ask every guest, the same one. And it's what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience? So when I was younger, <laughs> when I was a teenager, when it comes to being guys, it was just like a no-no already because I always wanted to take my time. However, my other friends were, you know, already in relationships. So I would, I've always been like third wheeling. So there was one time at a bus stop, I was waiting. I think my friend's boyfriend at the time came to visit her at mines and so when they were waiting at the bus stop you know they were being all cute and lardy daddy stuff and me not knowing what to do I was just chilling at the bus stop you know giving them space them their space but then they just started kissing and kissing and kissing and not stopping and I'm like wow I don't know what to do like 15 year old Nya did not know what to do so I was just standing there really, really awkward until that bus came. And the couple of situations has happened like that before. So 15 year old Nya did not know what to do. Even 23 year old Nya wouldn't know what to do. I think 23 year old Nya would just walk away. But um, yeah, I've low-key always been like that third winning person, which is actually quite sad. But yeah, that's the only memorable one because they were really, they were kissing for ages. I was a little worried. Um, but yeah, that's the only one I have. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, the next section is a nomination or a call out. So you can basically nominate one or many people to be a guest on in the future. Who would you like to nominate? Yeah, definitely my brother, uh, Mukoye Zaidi, and a artist and producer and amazing photographer, Janome, the artist. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get you to send them send us their like Instagram Instagram handles and we like tag them when we, we release your episode. Awesome. Last bit is also a shout out. So basically anything you want to like plug, promote can be literally anything. And we'll put like, if it needs any links, we'll put like links to all of that in the, in the description. So Nyota, anything? Yeah, definitely shout out to my uh, record label at Kimono Records and also the uh, Positivity Foundation, Imaginary Productions and the Tin Music and Arts and also Belgrade Theatre as well from Coventry for just basically helping me out and giving the training that I need in order for me to, um, you know, move down to Coventry, sorry, move down to London and basically be ready for music and ready for life. And also shout out to my family and friends because, you know, they always hold it down for me. <laughs> Hamish, anything? Well, there are three pieces of music. Um, I'll start with a bit I listened to, which is Catch Up by M. Honcho and Pot of Paper. Next one, I can see, I haven't heard yet, is Nirvana by Skepta and Jay Baldwin, I think. The last one is Bobby, Ter I can't say it, but Logic's newest album, Bobby 3. What, what if you like listen to it and it's like shit? Do you know what I mean? 
I mean, I know I like the style of it. I think basically Logic, for example, he released this album to make sure his team got paid because he was one album away from his thing, you know, like finishing. And basically he retired, but they didn't pay out his team and so on. So like his own sub label or whatever, Visionary Music Group. So he basically returned from retirement because he was just going to do family life, you know, with his children and so on. So he returned to drop the album just to ensure that his team and everything got paid out and to basically say fuck the label. And doing so, he also brought back the old kind of flow. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll definitely like quite a few of this track. Fair enough. That's a real one. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shout out a uh, Spotify playlist I made a while back. It's just called The Third Wheel Guests. Um, so it's just like a collection of music of, from guests, like previous guests we've had on the podcast who are musicians. So there's like Lily Yin, Loki, Vinaya, uh, Luper, and I'll add Niotas as well when, uh, when you, by the time you listen to this as well. So go, go check out that playlist. Oh, yeah. Shout out Lila Yin as well for a new music album dropped. Yeah. Thank, thanks so much, Niotta, for uh, coming on the episode. Amazing. Thank you so much for having That's me. Amazing. Lovely meeting you too. And yeah, hope everyone else enjoyed it. Hope everyone enjoyed the music as well. Go, go check her out. Links will be in the description. And yeah, we'll guess we'll, we'll just speak to you next week. All right. See you in a bit. Have Bye. a bit. Bye. Thank you.